0: Get started. Call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002 and listen to Money Radio Wednesdays at noon for the Stock Doctor's Prescription Show.
1: 1510 AM and 105.3 FM Money Radio.
0: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Money Radio staff management, or advertisers, and do not represent an offer to buy or sell any securities. Some interviews heard on this program may be sponsored by the participants.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I am Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. It is Wednesday, September 8th. Right here in the Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, southwest of the United States. What a great place. Love Arizona. It's a dry heat. It's still hot.
3: It's a dry heat. It's hot.
2: It's (laughs) hot. Welcome to the show. Uh, Also in the house, this just in, Justin Kenny, also our megalenial Nikki Ward, also in the house. Uh, Jared Bocart is out on location right now, so uh, we'll be hearing from him at some point. But uh, we have a lot to go over. I, look, we had a jobs report last week. We had a market that basically was kind of trading sideways and has been for a little bit. Even though we did manage to to squeak out a an okay gain for the month of August, uh, now looms September, which is historically the worst month of the year, and of course started out on Tuesday, yesterday, not so great. So. What I'm going to do first, I'll tell you how the markets closed out yesterday, and then we'll get into uh, everything else. But, you know, as expected, I, I was expecting it. I thought we'd probably see a little bit of a pullback, and we did. Although the FANG stocks, and we're going to talk more about that a little bit later, but the Dow Jones was down 268 points yesterday at 35,100. That's that's about three quarters of 1%. The NASDAQ composite up 10 at 15,374. The S&P 500 down 15 at forty five that is down about a third of a percent. And, um, again, stocks on the move, those, those big cap names kind of held things together, but I think that we started getting a little bit ominous. After Friday's non-farm payrolls, because there was kind of a big miss there. And look, we've gone through, if you think about this, this most recent earning season, there were big misses, but not to the negative. I mean, these analysts were missing on the positive, on the upside. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many we saw, the average beat was by 15% on earnings, and there were some that were 30% beats that the analysts had no idea were going to come in like that. But the uh, new jobs were created for the month of August, 235,000 of them for the month of August. The expectation was 733,000. So that's a big, that's a 500,000 job miss. Quite a bit. Huge miss. Uh, professional services had the best performance, up 73,000 jobs, while restaurants and bars had the worst, which you hate to see this, but negative 42,000 jobs. Unemployment rate did drop a little bit to 5.2%.
4: And of the two hundred thirty five hundred thousand positions added in August, only 11.9% went to women. Really? Mm-hmm.
2: So does that tell you that uh, women are still look? We know that they are the caregivers
4: for the most for part, for the yes. most part. It does I mean, they fall take care. Them. It
2: does fall to them. I'm not being this is not a sexist comment. The fact of the matter is, no, m- it, more women stay home with their children than men do. Okay, correct. Now, and with, whether that, it's right or wrong, it,
4: I think that that has a lot to do with it because we also saw a drop in the labor participation numbers. Right? So the people that were actively looking for jobs for women fell as well.
2: Do you think it's maybe now? I know that uh, schools start different times around the country. But in Florida, for example, it starts pretty darn early. I mean, it it was, what, second week in August, you had school starting?
4: Mm, I do think that school closures and going back to online schooling versus in person and being quarantined, I think all of those things are factors that affect women predominantly more than men.
2: Now, unfortunately, the the glaring number of the restaurant and bar number, uh, you know, it just seems that they were getting back in the groove, the restaurants and, and bars, and then, of course, the Delta variant comes out, and... And the cases are, are growing like crazy. And, and, and you,
4: pe- you see people much more hesitant to go out and spend money at a bar and a restaurant.
2: Yeah. And uh, that's a little bit disconcerting. But, you know, and, and this is not going to be a, a, a preach for or against vaccines, but we don't have to go through this.
4: Right. It's optional.
2: Right there. There is a, a we believe uh, nothing's absolute, but there is it looks like a solution for this, you know. So anyway, um, there's also concern that there the Fed. Based on what we heard in Jackson Hole, that they will start tapering their bond buying sometime this year, causing some concerns that uh, have been leading a few of the Wall Street firms out there to lower their stock market expectations and economic expectations. But for the most part, the real concern is that if they stop buying $120 billion worth of securities on a monthly basis, what's going to happen to the interest rates that they've been artificially holding down? Huh. What do you think?
4: I think that we might see a, a bit of an increase.
2: Right. We saw that yesterday. The uh, 10-year jumped to its highest level since July, 1.36. So last week, though, the markets really were were mixed. The Dow was down slightly last week. Down, uh, it's not even worth mentioning, down fractionally. The S&P 500 up fractionally, but five-eighths of a percent. The NASDAQ had a pretty good week, up 1.5%, and the Russell up about 11 sixteenths of 1%. Uh, you know what that is off the top of your head, Nick?
4: Fractions.
2: 11 sixteenths? <laughs>
4: Uh because 0.6875. Because I have it in front of me, yes, I do know it.
2: 0.6875? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, had you been in the business long ago, like Justin and I, when there were fractions?
4: I wish it still was fractions. I'll tell you,
3: honestly, like, I miss fractions. I love fractions. Right, but... I didn't know
2: 0.8675, whatever.
3: <laughs> I
2: did because I, I knew what a 16th and <laughs> well, I only
3: had a couple of, I think it may be a couple of years before they turned the decimalization. Right, and then all of a sudden, decimalization. Yeah. And, and it killed the marketplace. Just so killed
2: it. Last week, uh, real estate investment trust, uh, information technology, and healthcare led the way. Uh, the weak sectors were materials, energy, and financials, which financials had a pretty good day yesterday on, on the heel of those uh, higher rates. The uh, AD line, the advanced decline, so the market internals weren't bad. You had about 2008 advancing issues versus 1,481 declining. New highs, new lows. 460 new highs, 114 new lows. Bullish bearish sentiment. You had uh, 43.4% bullish, 33 and a third bearish. So um, the market internals aren't bad. I saw that uh, volatility is still low, so there's not any any fear out there right now. But it did let lead Goldman Sachs to downgrade their outlook for the U.S. economy, saying that in a, in a note to clients that the impact of the Delta variant and the end of fiscal stimulus will hurt consumer spending. And they believe that uh, GDP growth will be five and a half percent for the upcoming quarter from six and a half percent. And they do expect annual growth to be affected as well. They believe 2021 annual growth the economy will grow at 5.7 percent previously they were expecting 6.2 percent so um but at the same time they also have some global reopening plays so they're they're downing the US economy but these are global plays by the way and one of their top picks Justin I know you were waiting with bated breath to hear <coughs> this top pick because you used to wear this on your wrist with your members only jacket yeah. swatch swatch watches I didn't even know they were still around.
3: You know what? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I never had one. I as, did as back a kid, in the day. I, I didn't have one. My parents weren't spending money on something like that. Th- they were cheap though back then. I think yeah. they. I don't know. And if they, they came are. with well, so
4: many different bands. You could change it up all the time. They're economically I'm, smart.
3: I'm just impressed that that anybody would believe them to be a luxury <laughs> brand.
2: Well, they came. Goldman Sachs came out with eleven stocks that they thought, and these are all global. They thought that they would uh, at least thirty percent gain over the next twelve months. Swatch was one of them. They believe. You can make 59%. These are not recommendations for us. I will literally
4: eat my watch if Swatch is up 59% in a year from now.
2: I don't see. Oh, you are wearing a watch? watch today's date? I'm marking this on the calendar. Um, They also like Rolls Royce. So do I.
4: (laughs) As an investment, (laughs) though? I like them.
2: They believe that you have a a 40% upside of Rolls. And they do actually. They like uh, British Petroleum, BP. And they believe that stock has 70% upside. And that's something we don't, we're not, we don't own it. We're not recommending it. And again, we, before we make any recommendations, we have to talk to you and make sure it's appropriate for your financial situation, and your risk tolerance. But you know, when you look at something like BP, it's got a yield of 5.1%. The that's stock excellent. is well off the highs uh, trading at 14 times earnings. You know, it may be something worth taking a look at, but Goldman Sachs were not the only kind of uh hawkish attitude on the street. Morgan Stanley also slashed its rating on U.S. equities. They are anticipating a rocky September, October. I I agree with them. Sure. I, I've been saying this. I thought August was going to be a little rough. It was not. It, it had we're some due. rough uh, moments. We're due. Look, it, look, the fact of the matter is they're saying that the market has had, a, which is fact, a 20% year so far this year without a 5% pullback. So they are underweight U.S., stocks and they prefer europe and japan over u.s they say the s p again this is not they say this is fact the s p has doubled since the pandemic march low which is the fastest bull market double off a bottom since ww2 since world war ii is that unbelievable
3: it was unbelievable when you said it then i remembered how far we dropped how quickly at sure during march and it's like okay well you know, we saw it down thirty percent in a couple of trading sessions. Yep, it was it was ugly. So to to then regain that and plus you know some.
2: Well, and and Morgan Stanley maintains that they uh they they're maintaining their S and P target, which is four thousand, roughly twelve percent below where we are now, and they among uh the, they're among the most bearish on Wall Street, and they believe um that yeah the year ends that could be great. The average S and P target for Wall Street firms is 4328 and that is still down from where we are right now. We come back. We have a question from Stephanie in Winter Springs. We'll talk about Spax. Is that party over? <laughs> You're listening to Stock Doctor's Prescription. Don't go anywhere. We are coming right back.
0: Many investors aren't aware that as you get closer to retirement, it's important to protect the savings you've worked so hard to accumulate. After all, you can't take the same type of risk you did when you were younger. The problem is that traditional safe money strategies like CDs and bonds aren't performing as well as we would like them to right now. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principal. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Well, now you can have both, principal protection during market downturns and desirable market linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose principal. If avoiding market risk and still earning more than a CD sounds good to you, call Siler Wealth Management today at 407-831-8002. They've developed proven strategies to not only grow your income, but also keep your principal safe for your retirement. To get started, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002 and listen to Money Radio Wednesdays at noon for The Stock Doctor's Prescription Show.
5: I- I'm a million-dollar Bill Keevan, and I wrote a book. It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop-dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online.
1: 1510 a.m., 105.3 FM, Money Radio.
2: Welcome back to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm the Stock Doctor, Lee Seiler. Justin and Nikki, both in the house. Before we get to uh, whether this SPAC boom is over or not, let's go to a listener question. How about that? All right. Um, We love taking listener questions, and these are legit, by the way. This just in. This just in. They're legit. Um, Hold on. I'm trying to get this thing turned off here. What the heck? Okay, here we go. Okay, so we had a a question from Stephanie in Winter Springs, and she's, uh, she's asking us, do we think that there's any money to be made in owning the cruise stocks? If so, which one? You know, that's an interesting question because we get this, because of our Florida exposure and, and having a, an office in Central Florida area. You know, it's a big cruise industry here in Florida. And they...
3: At least there used to be. There, <laughs> yeah, there
2: used to be. I mean, we have several different, very large ports Yes, in the state where cruises sail out of. Of course, east uh, of Titusville, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa. Cape Canaveral. Uh, so there's there's tons of them. So um, look, the, we own, just so you know, disclosure, we own Carnival, but we own it Back between 14 and 16. So the stock is trading at 23 and a half right now. Um, I think there is money to be made in the cruise industry. And I think that it just requires them to be sailing and not getting stumped, to get out there and not coming back with 30 COVID cases or deaths, God forbid, on, uh, on these ships.
3: I don't know. They, they're used to having deaths on the ships. They do. It does I, happen. This is not a COVID joke. The, no, these it's ships, not. You're right. They, they they've got an older clientele typically yes, and it's not uncommon for somebody to die on
2: a cruise ship. They
3: and have and, their hey, own and you know what? If that's uh, there, are worse ways to go. I'm just saying there are worse ways to go.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure uh, as long as
4: you got the drink package, you know. right,
2: uh, you're okay, right? Slip and fall in the shower. I'd rather die on a cruise ship. Well, you know what? The uh, I think and the question for Stephanie, if the answer is our question, uh, Stephanie, I think that yes, there's money to be made in those. You know, the best performing one, even though none of them performed that great, if you compare the big three, which is Royal Caribbean, Carnival, and Norwegian, the best performing one has been, believe it or not, Carnival, which is probably the, the least, least favorite yeah. uh, of any of the cruise people.
4: Anyone right? over the age of 22.
2: Exactly. I mean, you know, look, no no question. You're looking for a cheap cruise? Carnival's your way. Um, but, and I haven't been on a I think I won a one when I was young, young. Uh, I am going on a cruise, though, in a few weeks. I know, in two months. A couple months, yeah, I'm ta- before I'm, the year's end. I'm taking my father-in-law. That'll <laughs> be fun. Yeah.
3: That'll be a good time for him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not order the drink package because, <laughs> because I know. Anyway, um, so, so the best performing stock has been Carnival, CCL, uh, we own that, and like I said, we own it uh, cheaper, and I had an opportunity to sell it at 30, which is a double for some people and almost double for the others. I did not. We we wrote it back down, which is a mistake, and, and now it's back to 23.5. So, you know, we're up 40%, 50% on the stock. I'm okay with it. I think it will go higher as things kind of get better within the industry, and, you know, they're taking their precautions. They are now requiring that you have to have, be vaccinated. They are, it looks like I saw that Carnival actually is requiring a negative COVID test, which I, I always think that's comical, that you're requiring a COVID test three days before you go somewhere. Does so that means what, you're going to be quarantined for three days before you, you go on your trip?
3: Well, not to mention the fact that, like, when kids are exposed at school, the quarantine period is like
2: two weeks. Yeah.
3: Like, is this, how long can this thing possibly just lay there dormant before you start having symptoms? Yeah. And is that three days... Enough to get on a cruise ship with a bunch of other people. No, right.
2: I agree. No, no. uh, anyway, Stephanie, Carnival is uh, certainly, and Royal Caribbean and Norwegian, they all seem to be in the bottoming process. So, look, they're not making any money now, but the bookings are absolutely huge. They're huge. Would huge. you say
4: that this would be a long-term play? It would have to be. Mm-hmm. I agree. You can't rent this one.
2: No, you can't rent it. You're going to have to own it. I mean, you have to commit to it, or you can buy it and say, hey, I, I bought it at 23 and a half. My pain tolerance is 20 mm-hmm. and it breaks 20 get out no matter what. I mean, that's, that's the way you play it, Stephanie, but anyway, great question. That's Stephanie from winter Springs. We appreciate you. By the way, uh, if you have questions, you can email feedback at stockdr.com. That's feedback at stock And if we can help you with your portfolios, do a free portfolio review. We'd love to do that as well. All you have to do is call the office 888-855-2855. That's 888 888- Let's talk about something that we were, we've been talking about all year.
4: You've been waiting with bated breath.
2: I'm so glad this is starting to collapse. (laughs) Sorry for you people invested in them. We own one. But uh, the question is, is the SPAC boom over? SPAC is an acronym, Special Purpose Acquisition Company. Uh, But the, the mood for SPACs is getting darker on a daily basis investors are heading for the exits. You know, SPACs are these blank check companies where I I relate them to a blind pool that we used to see in the 80s and 90s. Right. Where you say, hey, we are a a public entity. Put some money in here. We'll find a business. It basically is that. We're we're
3: smarter than you. We'll figure it out. Just give us your money and and we'll let you know.
2: Well, this was a big craze over the last couple of years. And earlier this year, Q1 was huge. Had 125 blank check deals closed in Q1. And out of those, now keep in mind where they're priced. They're priced at $10 per unit. They may have some warrants attached to it, but in general, they're $10 shares. Uh, Thus far, 58%, roughly 58% of the SPAC deals from that first quarter, I think all year actually, uh, are down below their offering price.
4: And these are the ones that have closed their mergers, that have found a company to merge with.
2: Right. Now, like I said, they typically trade at a nominal $10 per unit, but unlike traditional IPOs, they're not priced based on evaluation or or their existing business. Why? Because there is no existing business.
4: And with the lack of scrutiny means that we've seen all these incredibly rosy near-term projections that just immediately fall short.
3: Uh, and, and it's instantaneous. It's kind of like, we're going to do this. We're going to do Hey, guys, look at it. Nope. So, Nikki. <laughs>
4: <laughs> fooled you.
3: Spell yeah.
2: out to the – I mean, I, I know you've done some work on this. Let's spell this out for the listeners. This, uh, somebody has a – I have a blank check company. It is uh, – XYZ Acquisition Corporation. I'm telling shareholders to send me money because we're going to buy a business. Don't know what that business is. They may say, oh, we want to be in biotech, we want to be in electric vehicle, we want to be, but not necessarily.
4: Not necessarily. And so regardless of a deal's outcome, SPACs largely are a no-lose proposition for their sponsors. The sponsors are people in private equity, so private equity investors that decide to invest pre-IPO. They typically receive 20% of the company's shares for a nominal cost. And during the nearly two-year SPAC boom, sponsors have seen average returns of 958%. Wow, And that's according to J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Investors in the SPAC's IPO, which are typically hedge funds that often redeem their shares at cost while holding on to warrants after a merger is struck, also have an edge. They gained an average of 40%. But investors who got in after the IPO, just your regular retail investor, they are seeing double-digit losses of nearly 20%. Well,
2: look, they were- and over, over and over again. Over. A lot of these were really looking for that electric vehicle play, whether it's batteries or. There were a lot of them. So I'll give you an example. Uh, the worst performing SPAC is NSICE Bioscience, ticker symbol ENSC. They're a biotech company fighting drug overdoses. Hey, great cause, whose stock is trading around $3 a share. The company merged with Leisure Acquisition Corp.
4: I mean, if you are partake to do drugs, don't That's you do that. Leisure. Leisure? Leisurely,
2: sure. <laughs> um, the Leisure Acquisition Corp. A SPAC that initially were targeting a leisure company, but pivoted its focus as the deal making environment got extremely competitive. And by the way, during Q1, so they went from leisure to biotech. I wonder why it didn't work out.
3: Vice versa, it was biotech to leisure, right? No, they were. No. They
2: went to. They wanted to do leisure. Okay. But then and they ended they up doing with biotech, with a biotech company. Then they merged yes. with a biotech company. Okay. Q1 saw 89 new deals, and they were averaging uh, 28.6 billion of capital raised per month. Since then, since after Q1, there's been nine new deals per month with an average capital raise of 1.6 billion. This is since April. Uh, this this was destined to fail, I think, since the very beginning.
4: And this was one of those speculative bubbles that we were kind of waiting to burst. Yeah. There was a lot of money that was just being thrown around and this was one of those areas.
2: Well, and look, we um we own a SPAC for our our, our clients. I mean it's and not we personally
4: a, own
6: it.
2: Yeah, I, I personally own this one. Nikki, I think you do too. So yep. um it's DraftKings, DKNG. We own the stock for clients. It's not a top 10 holding, but it is a pretty good holding for us, and we've done very well. I was just looking at it today and we're up you know 25, 30, 35 percent, depending on where the clients own it. And this started out as a SPAC,
4: right? But it did have an underlying company. I mean, yes, we did know what DraftKings was before it went p- public via SPAC.
2: Sure, and and speaking of DraftKings, uh, had had a great day. I mean, there's uh, a lot going on, obviously,
4: because the NFL is back. The baby. NFL is
2: back Thursday night. Cowboys versus the Bucks. Yep. So, and, and you know, Penn National Gaming. Mm-hmm. They took over Barstool Sports. Yes, they So did. there's really a lot going on in the online gaming and especially with the states that have mm-hmm. elected to move forward with this. I mean, look.
4: Legalize Why wouldn't betting.
2: they? It's a revenue source. It's an absolute revenue source. And you know what? That's just in. After states COVID, need they need the money. Hey, you're listening to the Stock Doctor Prescription. When we come back, we have our millennial moment. We're going to talk about the Fang stocks, our 30 tips to investing in the market. So don't go anywhere. We are coming right back.
1: Being in control of your money provides freedom. Learn how to make it, spend it, and invest it. We're Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM.
7: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Four members of the Taliban who were swapped
1: for Bo Bergdahl, a U.S. Army soldier held by the Taliban, now occupy positions in the new Afghan government. Florida Republican Congressman and former Green Beret Mike Walsh, who led special operations to search for Bergdahl, shares his thoughts on what is happening in Afghanistan. Every time I don't think this situation can get any worse, it does. That audio courtesy of Fox News. Since power companies are bringing the lights on in New Orleans, the city is ending its Hurricane Ida-related curfew. Mayor LaToya Cantrell announcing the decision today. Cantrell saying police will still patrol the areas that have no power. The curfew was implemented after Ida knocked out electricity to the entire city last week. You're listening to USA Radio News.
7: Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. Money Radio, a pioneer in a broadcasting format, giving
0: people confidence in their finances before and during retirement. Welcome to
5: the club. Here is a quick list of things that you do not need in a financial advisor. One, they do not need to be in the tallest building in town. Two, they do not need to have a one size fits all program and three, they do not need to have a zombie apocalypse survival plan. Here are a few things that you do need in a financial advisor. One, a firm that takes their fiduciary responsibility to heart. Your success is their success. Two, custom-built portfolios, not cookie cutter. And three, the ability to use stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds to make the right combination of security and investments for each client. Let the stock doctor and his team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call at 1-888-855-2855. That's 1-888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation, for all clients, except for zombies. Zombies are on their own. Our beautiful daughter Ashley was only 12 years old when a
0: distracted driver went through the light and ran into our van. When an email comes over your
7: phone or a phone call or voicemail, It's not worth it.
4: Life is more important than your phone's beep. Stop the distracted driving Arizona, please. Sponsored by the Arizona Chapter National Safety Council and the Governor's Office of Highway Safety. Aired in cooperation with the Arizona Broadcasters Association
6: and this station. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. U.S. job openings raced to another record high in July while layoffs rose moderately. That's an indication that August's sharp slowdown in hiring was due to employers being unable to find workers rather than weak demand for labor. The Labor Department's monthly job openings and labor turnover survey, or JOLTS, report also showed a steady increase in the number of workers voluntarily quitting their jobs, a sign of confidence in the labor market. Openings jumped by nearly 750,000 to 10.9 million as of the last day of July. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos has been looking to space for humanity's future, but he's also apparently trying to extend humanity's lifespan here on Earth. MIT's Technology Review reports that Bezos is one of several investors in Altos Labs, a Silicon Valley startup working on technology to rejuvenate cells and potentially prolong life. Stocks are in the red today here in the final hour of the session the Dow Industrial's down 56 the S&P lower by just 5 the Nasdaq composite's down 91 that's your money now
1: Vaccines are not enough, and accurate thermometers are essential for everyone. COVID is once again a major concern, and fever is the key symptom for both the flu and COVID. An accurate thermometer, like the Exergen Temporal Scanner, is essential to detect fevers early and reliably. Studies have shown that non-contact thermometers used widely since the start of the pandemic are ineffective. Now is the time to be more vigilant about accurate temperature taking. Exergen is working with a single focus to ensure that everyone who needs an accurate thermometer can purchase one.
0: Learn more at exergen.com.
2: We're back, and you are listening to the stock doctor's prescription right here on Money Radio, 1510 AM, 105.3 FM. We have uh, Nikki in the house and Justin in the house, and uh, we were just talking about spax And you know, it's interesting because that was a big craze. We did our, our, you know, been doing radio for a while and our podcast. A lot of questions, people are just, uh, Wanting to know, how do you own them? Should we own them? That's the EV craze. But it's interesting because we're seeing that the strong ones are surviving. DraftKings surviving and actually excelling. And then I'm, I'm actually seeing the EV stocks start to make a move again. I mean, they're getting very, very frisky. You even mm-hmm. stocks like Neo and Fisker and, and, and Tesla, the, the biggest one out there, they're starting to get active now. So pretty interesting. Uh, also I want to make sure everybody understands I have a, a White paper. Thirty tips to investing in the stock market. If you want my thirty tips, it is absolutely free. All you have to do is email feedback at stockdr.com. Give us your information. Say, so, hey, I'd like to get a copy of 30 tips. We can either email it to you or send you a hard copy. So either way, all right. Uh that's feedback at stockdr.com. We mentioned earlier in the program that Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley They're stating their concerns about the market. Uh, But there's some other firms on the other side of the token. You have Barclays. They raised their year-end forecast to 4,600. That's not a big number from here. It's about a 1.4% jump. But they do believe that there's a little bit of upside left in this market by year's end. And they think that strong earnings should continue, but still believe that the big gains for the year have already been made. And I I tend to agree with that. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I agree. And I hope, I hope. First trust is right because Brian Westbury, who's a very, very accurate economist, and he's an incredibly sharp guy. We met him many, many times and heard him speak, you know, a dozen times or so. And uh, last week he raised the price target to 5,000. So look, I'm not bearish. I believe that the market's due for the pullback. It's going to happen at some point. We don't know when. I I tend to think that, hey, we're probably going to get started on this thing in the next few days or so it if we haven't started it, already
3: it feels like it's coming
2: yeah if we haven't started already so you know i i would love to see those stocks uh in the market rally into the year I, i'd love to see a pullback first i really would to own some positions but uh something else that's been on the defensive here is uh bitcoin and ether has been on the Fendim defensive and you hear the music so it's time for the millennial moment with our megalennial miss Nikki ward nick
4: so yesterday was dubbed b day which stood for bitcoin day but maybe should have been renamed bust day because el salvador became the first country to adopt bitcoin as legal tender allowing salvadorans to use bitcoin to buy a cup of coffee or even pay their taxes so as part of the new law businesses will be required to accept bitcoin for goods and services though merchants who aren't technologically able to accept bitcoin will be exempt. In the run-up to the launch, the government installed Bitcoin ATMs around El Salvador, but the launch did get off to a bumpy start in the early hours of the rollout as the government took its Bitcoin e-wallet offline because of technical glitches. Chivo, which is slang for cool, is the government-run e-wallet that can be used for purchases in Bitcoin or U.S. dollars. So this is a real-world experiment that proponents say will lower commission costs for billions of dollars sent from abroad, but which critics warn may fuel money laundering. I'm sure we really am shocked by that, right? Because you haven't already seen that happen. But many business owners like the government's initiative because it widens payment options for clients with an easy-to-use mobile app that eliminates costs such as credit card fees that banks charge to merchants. So El Salvador bought four hundred bitcoins worth about twenty million. And is preloading these chivo wallets with thirty dollars, thirty three zero worth of Bitcoin for those who register.
2: Right, you sign up a wallet, you sign up and get a wallet. You'll get a thirty dollar little spiff.
4: Yep. And so advocates are saying that this will help Salvadorans save about four hundred million that the government calculates is spent annually on commissions for remittances, which is when people from typically from the United States send money over Western Union. <laughs> yeah exactly although that that just sounds like a scam when a right here Western Union
3: you, you think about some old lady getting tricked into running down to the grocery because store.
4: our uh, electric bill wasn't paid yeah, yeah. Um, so and this will also give access to financial services to the unbanked so but this initiative which I'm sure you're gonna be actually a little bit surprised about, is highly unpopular so more than 65% of Salvadorans don't want the government to spend taxpayer money on its adoption 80% have little or no confidence in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin's value fell as much as 17% on Tuesday. After their, after
2: their $21 million investment. Yeah. Right.
4: So then, I mean, smart. They bought the dip. They got another 150 Bitcoins. But at the same time, there was someone who registered for the app who said, my $30 in Bitcoin dropped 17 cents the moment I registered. And they didn't understand why.
2: And, you know, these are people that, you know, they make about $380 a month in El Salvador. Oh,
4: wow. I didn't know that.
2: That's the, SC to be Iversala. honest,
3: to be honest with you. Okay. I'm surprised that it's that much.
2: That's what I saw.
3: I, I you know, I, to say that on average, that means that half of the people mm-hmm. make significantly less than that. I, that's, it's 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 not. It's a
2: poor country. And and here's what you got to think of. I see why the numbers and people are just not going with this, and they don't like. Yeah, they're poor. Right. They can't. They can't relate to the concept of Bitcoin. Let alone, they're they're trying they to put food on the access? table. That's a the other s- issue.
3: significant number of them do not.
4: Right.
2: So they're trying to put food on the table, and they're not worried about Bitcoin. Right.
4: Not to mention that this is a government that is highly indebted, that has neither the policy tools nor the financial firepower to contain a speculative attack. And the fact that all, all of the risk is going to be centralized by the government owning this app and this wallet, that is going to attract hackers.
3: Oh, look, and three of the ATMs have already been stolen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, but so here's the: th- when you look at what uh, th- to me, it just seems like the government is not in bed with probably people they shouldn't be, and they're trying to make business a little bit easier. They announced to this transact. In June.
4: They're rolling it out Perhaps. now. It doesn't seem like it's been a smooth rollout. It doesn't seem that they're well equipped as far as the merchants, the businesses. They're not advocating for internet to be, you know, widespread throughout. So it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to have everyone from regulators to advocates to critics to other governments to see if this is adopted by other places in Central America or if it just... You missed something out,
2: didn't it? They They had a real good deal on all the old SunTrust, BBT, ATMs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they kind of taped over yeah. the SunTrust, BBT. <laughs> so <laughs> so they just, yeah, because
4: BTC, they just add the C cause at Because of the course end. they're
2: Truist now. So yes. they have all these extra ATMs that say BBT and, T and, and tra- SunTrust. So they're they all really over El really missed the mark on that name.
4: I, BBT and the Sunshine Gang.
2: Yeah, that is good. Um, so El Salvador now taking Bitcoin. That's, uh, they want that to be their preferred method of payment, I guess.
4: Yep, along with the US dollar. Wow. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. (laughs)
2: We will. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to work out too well.
3: We'll No. It's already dead.
2: We shall see. Hey, that was the millennial moment with our mega millennial, which means she's way above the regular millennial, Nikki Ward. Thanks, Nick. Good job. Bitcoin is the
3: national currency i just don't understand
4: they're, they're accepting it as legal tender the u.s dollar is still their national currency and it's been their currency since 2001.
2: i just don't get it i think that's kind of i think it's ridiculous i i, I think it's a push
3: to get some more cartels in there that's what i think <laughs> you know that's i'm trying not to say that come on yeah. come on
2: uh, all right so we, we talked about what was working earlier and um it, look we talked about the markets but you know something's working over at charles schwab because <laughs> when you see the numbers of You know, we hear a lot of the Robinhood numbers, what their average account size is. And we know that Robinhood, you can't have retirement accounts, so they don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. They're all taxable accounts. And so the average account size of Robinhood is 4500 or $5,000, right? Right. I saw something at Charles Schwab uh, last week. Charles Schwab's average portfolio, by the way, the average uh, portfolio has 12 holdings in a Charles Schwab account.
4: And we were saying that this portfolio is inclusive of retirement funds. Yes, right? this
2: is the what they have under this o- overall their Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Baby boomers at Charles Schwab have an average balance of five hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. Gen X average balance of three hundred and six thousand dollars, and millennials average balance of one hundred and three thousand dollars. I think that's pretty impressive, actually. Su-
3: it was surprising to me.
2: Well, here's why, because we always hear the average balance or the average saving somebody has is five thousand dollars. But that's in general. The people at Charles Schwab or T D Ameritrade, they're typically people that have invest I'm sorry, but the people that are listening to this show probably have money.
4: And they're investors. Yes,
2: and they're investors. So Charles Schwab has investors. They don't have the Robinhood speculators. They're just throwing $200 into Bitcoin.
4: And something that we've talked about is people that have money in their checkings and their savings account on average with the $5,000, that is not your investment dollars. Oh,
2: that's your speculative money. But anyway, you compare that to the average Robinhood account. It's it's a big deal. The uh, question I have is uh, what does a diversified portfolio really mean? We'll talk about that when we come back. You are listening to The Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm The Stock Doctor, Lee Seiler. Justin and Nick, you're both here. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back.
1: Worried about what you're breathing in? With each breath, allergens, germs, and viruses get trapped in your nose. Now, there's a simple, easy, and effective way to clean out your nose and protect your health. It's called Navage. Available at Navaj.com.
5: I'm a million-dollar Bill Keevan, and I wrote a book. It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop-dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead in other words of wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. Are you
0: losing sleep over recent market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? Let's face it, if you're at or near retirement, you can't afford to lose 40% of your nest egg like so many did in 2008. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principle. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Now you can have both principal protection during market downturns and desirable market-linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it and your gains are locked in. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose. It's that simple. If you like the idea of avoiding market risk but earning more than a CD, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002. We'll keep it simple. We'll teach you time-tested proven strategies to help grow your income and keep your principles safe for retirement. To get started, call Siler Wealth management at 407-831-8002 and listen to money radio wednesdays at noon for the stock doctor's prescription show worried about
1: what you're breathing in with each breath allergens germs and viruses get trapped in your nose now there's a simple easy and effective way to clean out your nose and protect your health it's called navage available at navage.com Being in control of your money provides freedom. Learn how to make it, spend it, and invest it. We're Money Radio 1510 and
2: 105.3 FM. Love this song. You know, there's a, a... a trend going on around, and that is uh, tribute bands.
3: I thought you were going to say people wearing old band T-shirts that have no idea who that band
2: is. No, that's not true. Um, Although my daughter does borrow my uh, old concert shirts. There you go. She has no idea. She couldn't name one ACDC song. Right. Or Guns N' Roses song.
4: I bet you, though, if she heard it, she playing, would recognize she it. She would know every lyric.
2: Oh, well, yes, because I played that in exactly. my she house and my car. Exactly, she just not
4: know that. She's not a Shazam. She doesn't know, imagine okay, this just
2: was imagine Shazam.
3: Just imagine a Syler family road trip when the kids oh were little. I, what, I drive, what, I control the radio. What these kids were were forced to listen to, what they were subjected <laughs> yes. to. Yes, 80s long, hair metal and 90s grunge. How you have the, scene All. Of the
4: band practice? All
3: Def Leppard and... <laughs> Poison and Molly
2: Crew. Oh yes, <laughs> but you know my point is that there's a lot of uh, tribute bands going on out there, and I I happened to see one the other day. It was a Van Halen tribute band. Really, they're, they're excellent. They're huh. very very good. Uh, the lead singer does a great job. He's he's you know he's in shape. He's not. You know, sometimes you see guy trying to be David Lee Roth. And they, he they do the the uh, the David Lee Roth era. Yeah, I was not gonna the say, Sammy era. I was
3: gonna say not Van Hagar. It's Van. No, Halen. it's Van Halen. Okay.
2: And uh, the guy's in shape, and he's 60 years old. The guy's he's he's shredded. So I know the guy. I got him. I helped him out on a couple of things. But anyway, um, some of these bands are awful. So I'd they say they, so. they dress up like Motley Crue or they dress up like Aerosmith or whatever. But there was a, a band that did a Def Leppard tribute. I didn't see them did live. Did the
3: drummer <laughs> tie one arm <laughs> behind his back?
2: <laughs> no, no, he did not tie an arm behind his back. Okay, which by that's very mean. Yeah. By the way, Justin. He does th- not amp-
3: Yeah, but he's, he's an amputee, and you're but, saying it's a tribute band. So I, uh, you're 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 right. I'm just saying.
2: Did, did, but uh, they were did, horrible.
3: Did On the Van Halen cover band, did the guys dress like Van Halen from the 80s?
2: They all did, except for the drummer had kind of blonde hair. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, but the rest of them all did. I mean, Eddie Eddie was great. He did all the great parts. I mean, he really, they were truly, a, they are the best tribute band that I've seen. It's called uh, Completely Unchained. So they're uh, they're really good. But one day, you need to go out and see them. I will, right. I will. I will. Uh, next sure. time they're around, I'll let you know. But, um, so anyway, the uh, this, this tribute band, Def Leppard tribute band, yes. absolutely awful. I mean, I heard videos and somebody said, I go, did you see this band? I go, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. That's just embarrassing. You don't do that. If I do guess I won't right. wear
4: my Def Leppard shirt for a little while.
2: No, no, I like Def Leppard, <laughs> not the Tribute Act. Um, so let's, you know, before we talk about what's working, let, there was uh, another listener question. This is Henry from Altamont Springs asks, he owns Costco. and we love Costco. And um, he's making a really good money on the stock but wants to know, What he should do now because he doesn't want to lose his gain and should he sell or should he hold it so costco's been a a great performer we owned it past tense i sold it way early although i we owned it way early and then i sold it around 412 414 thinking hey i'll buy it back below 400 when it tops out it didn't. It went higher. It closed yesterday at four fifty nine. So you know we missed the boat there on that the big big gain. We
3: did not miss the boat. We did not.
2: Win. No, we made money, but we didn't. We didn't uh, hold. We just the got away
4: off there. the boat a little early.
2: Got off the boat a little early. That's it. You know, we, it was a Carnival sw- cruise line. We
3: swam the second half.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I would say that it it is so far extended. The fifty day moving average on Costco C O S T is at four thirty, and we're at four fifty nine. I mean, it's going to come back to meet that 50 at some point. And um, yesterday was down almost three bucks. You hadn't seen a day like that in a while. So if you're afraid of losing, going down 10%, if you're afraid of 10% downside, I'd sell it. If you're okay with the 10% downside, then you ride it out and see what happens. But that's what I think with Costco. It's been a great stock though. I I totally uh, congratulate you on that play, Henry. You did a great job. Costco is not inclusive in one of these, but we're talking FANG right now. The FANG stocks have really been performing extremely well in Q number three while the S and P 500 up about 5% in Q3. Uh, let's start with, first of all, the acronym again, Fang, F A A N G. That's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, bro. I know it's alphabet, but I hate calling it alphabet. Fang. And then we, we throw Microsoft in there, even though it's not in the acronym, you gotta throw in there. You gotta throw it in. Um, but year-to-date, no, I'm sorry, Q3, so I was talking Q3. While well, the S&P's up 5%, Facebook up 9%, Apple up 14%, Amazon, the biggest loser, you're the biggest loser, only up 2%, but we'll talk about that. Uh, Netflix up 15%, Google up 16%, Microsoft up 11%. And let's throw Tesla in this big cap tech names. That's up 11% in Q3. So when you look at the laggard of these Fang inclusive of Microsoft and Tesla is Amazon. They had a quarter that the expectation was extremely high. And although they had a pretty good quarter by most standards, it just didn't leap it didn't over yell. that high bar. It didn't it didn't just it didn't knock their socks off. So that being said, the stock had had gone down. It gapped down significantly. But when you look at what Amazon has done over the last couple of weeks, that to me is is the story because it hit a low. And let's see, back on uh, 820, Amazon got down to 3,182. I bought some stock below 3,200 for people that didn't own it already. We already own Amazon, by the way. It's a stock we do own.
4: It's a quality company.
2: It's a quality company. It's a top five holding for us. Uh, but it was at 31 and change, almost 3,200. And now closed yesterday at 3509 big move uh apple our number one holding we we've owned it and participated we do not own netflix we don't own facebook we don't own google we do own tesla so i mean these stocks have all done extremely well and they really seem to be the safe haven if you take these out of the equation the market's not doing anything august is a down month
4: i have i read something about how these are companies that are not going to be affected in any way by the supply chain disruptions that we potentially will see with this holiday season. As one of the reasons why they've just well, crushed it.
2: You think about it. Facebook. Nope. No. Google.
4: Apple. Nope.
2: Microsoft, maybe. They need some chips. Apple, possibly, maybe. but they but these people they're smart. They stock up.
4: Yeah, they're about to release a new iPhone on September 14th.
2: The only thing that Amazon, I mean, I don't think it really affects them either. Tesla it certainly would, and mm-hmm. that's not in the Fang, but we threw that in there. Right. But, no, that's a great point, that the, the chip shortages, and it's not only chip shortages, because you know, the major automakers fear that this global chip shortage is going to persist for some time, and as thought, it's been kind of exacerbated by the EV market. The electric vehicles are requiring, and I think you said, Nikki, that uh, a regular Ford Focus requires 300 semiconductor chips.
4: Uh-huh, and then the Their new electric vehicles will have up to 3,000 chips, which just demonstrates the jump that EV is going to demand of semiconductor chips. Yeah,
3: but have you seen a Ford Focus?
4: Oh, yeah. My dad desperately tried to get me to have one as my first car. Terrible. No shot. Terrible. It's like a PT Cruiser, a Ford.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of technology (laughs) there. There's no bells and whistles. And I No, I think the new ones I thought are loaded up. All the Fords are loaded okay, up. Okay, we're not talking necessarily about Yeah, I don't think this is new. like a
4: brand new 2021 Ford we're, we're
3: talking Ford about Focus. the, I don't, I don't even, uh, do they still make a, I don't know.
4: It looks like a little egg.
3: Yeah, it, nothing special about it. it. It's sort of an antiquated kid's car, yeah. you know. Well, her her dad wanted her to get one when she was. It's safe.
2: Ford, Volkswagen, and Daimler are all struggling to deal with the global chip problem. Uh, They spoke in the Munich Auto Show last week, and they said that it's a very complex issue. They have no idea when it will be resolved. In fact, Volkswagen, Europe's largest car maker, has lost market share in China as a result of the chip shortage.
4: And Malaysia, where many of Volkswagen's suppliers are based, has been hit hard by the coronavirus in recent weeks, leading to several factory shutdowns, which certainly doesn't help.
2: Well, it's not only chips, though. Raw materials is a major shortage. Mm -hmm. Lithium, plastics, and steel are all in relatively short supply and this will cause car prices to continue to rise. And in fact, Porsche says a car delivery could take up to six months due to these problems. Um, UK car production has plummeted to a new low in a new low in July. It was just unbelievable. I mean, making it the worst July performance since 1956. Just
3: feel terrible for all those Porsche drivers having to wait six months for their car. Uh, yeah. I've got what one. They're
4: precious, precious. Porsches. My, the one could be Chinese for sale.
2: I, 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 know that,
3: I know somebody that would consider selling. I that. would
2: sell in a heartbeat. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> tied to it. In fact, it's uncomfortable to get in and out. You, of.
3: you don't buy a Porsche because well, some models I guess maybe would be comfortable, but your car is definitely not. It's more sport. No, cars. it is.
2: It is. Um, you know, speaking, we talking about Europe, but there's also problems with Boeing in Europe because mm-hmm. uh, Ryanair, which is a, of course, the Irish air, I, the Irish airline, I is a they, Irish eyes are smiling. They fly <laughs> Irish They serve no. liquor. Yeah,
3: I, I bet you they do. Yeah,
2: you're Irish, you know. They're, they're having a drink. I'm sure they are. Um, but they stopped negotiating over the Boeing 737 Max deal. They said that uh, the CEO of Ryanair says Boeing has a more optimistic outlook on aircraft pricing than we do. And we have a disciplined track record of not paying too high prices for aircraft.
4: I think they'll be back to the table to negotiate this deal eventually. They
2: said that just because it's uh, a deal is not signed does not mean that the deal is dead. Uh, Webb Bush reiterated GameStop as an underperform. Yeah. That's a great call. Right. Atlantic Equity, price target, increase on Netflix to 780 from 690. Nikki, you say you wouldn't touch Netflix.
4: Nope, not with a 10-foot pole. Just because I don't see them being able to increase their total addressable market. I think it's saturated at this point.
2: Hey, we appreciate you guys joining us. You've been listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on Money Radio, 1510 AM, 105.3 FM. You guys take care. We'll see you soon. The station
5: with